This is not a test. This is your annual announcement. This year we are offering Scarefair, which will be held on Saturday, October 30th at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds in Victorville, California. Gates open at 9 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. General admission tickets are only $22 in advance and $25 at the door. VIP tickets are $45 in advance and $50 at the door while supplies last. In the morning, we will be offering trick-or-treating for the kids throughout our vendors. And for the adults, we have tons for you as well. Come meet horror icons like Joe Bob Briggs, Elaine Dietz from The Exorcist, Dr. Satan himself, Walter Phelan, and John Masari, who composed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't forget that we have the psychotic carnival of thrills, where you become part of a horror story. Then, when the sun goes down, enjoy our live music as Roadwork opens for American Zombie, a Rob Zombie spook show. That's not enough? Okay, how about a Scream Queen contest hosted by the ladies of the Taki Horror Podcast Show? Or our cosplay contest, one for the kiddies and one for the adults. So gather your courage and come join the fun. For more information, go to www.pcehd.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 66 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa Barty. Well, guess what? This is my last podcast for this week because I will be in... um, I'm not doing another podcast this week, obviously, but this is my last Canadian podcast for a bit. I will be in California next week, so I will be podcasting from there. Hey, Joe, uh, here you're not going to be far from where I'm going to be. Got any podcast equipment? (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, next week I will be in California, and um, so this will be my last Canadian podcast for a little bit. And I am not upset about that because it's starting to get really freaking cold. Well, my heater just shut off, which is why it got really quiet all of a sudden. Um, I have a little oscillating heater because I refuse to turn my um, baseboard heaters on because A, ew, baseboard heaters. B, I have to pay the utilities. And C, I'm going to be in California in four days, so I'm not turning them on because I will forget to turn them off because I will be leaving my apartment at like stupid o'clock to get to the airport. I will be lucky if I remember to put on underwear that day Um, because I'm going to be a nervous wreck. I'm already like this week has pretty much um, 
been a write off. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I, and what sucks is it's magazine week. So, I mean, it doesn't suck, but it's not the week to not be focused and have concentration. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been seeing my TikToks or my Instagrams or, you know, posting on Facebook, but I've been counting down the days because I am a little excited. Um, scare fair. Yay. I'm really excited about that and uh, looking forward to going to that. But I mean, I have I have lots of reasons why I am excited to be going. Um, and I guess I should have uh, been to get permission before I got on here to explain why I am completely excited. But I'm going to keep that a secret for a little while longer because I don't have permission. So anyway, um, I'm very excited to be going. I've been counting down the days and... Um, doing little TikTok videos, counting down the days. But I'm also a nervous wreck because, A, I don't like to fly. I'm not a fan. Um, something that heavy should not be able to even get off the ground, never mind maintain an altitude of 38,000 feet or more for an extended period of time. Um, I don't get out of my seat. I don't remove my seatbelt when the captain says you are now allowed to remove your seatbelt because the last flight that I took, uh, again, heading to California, um, the moment that I actually started to relax into the flight and enjoy the flight and considered removing my seatbelt, the plane dropped out of the sky. And <laughs> we were told to put our seatbelts back on and return our seats and our trays and everything to the upright position. So, you know, I just left it on. Um, but I'm flying on a fancy plane this time. I'm flying on, I think it's a, a Boeing 787, like big plane, big plane. Uh, so yeah, you know, even more nervous. Um, but I mean, that's not even like the major part of the nerves yet. Those won't hit until I'm in the car on the way to the airport. Uh, because right now the, the big nerve thing that, um, I'm worried about is my COVID test on Thursday. Now you're all going to be listening to this on Friday. So I'll have already had the test, hopefully have the results back. Um, yeah, there was a mild panic attack today because you have to have your test three days before your flight. Okay, great. I called the, um, place that does the international outbound COVID flight test, pre-flight test what it's called. And um, they booked the appointment. They gave me a choice of of dates and times. And I wanted to get it as far away from the flight as I possibly could and still be within that 72-hour window so that there would be enough time to get the results back. Because that's one thing that I'm very paranoid about is that I'm not going to have my results back in time. And let me tell you, I, I need Google is not your friend when you're paranoid. It's really not. I need to stop Googling how many people have, you know, not got the results back in time and, and missed their flight. Um, yeah, I stopped doing that. Or, you know, problems at the airport. But, uh, I mean, and I thought it was going to be like the actual test that was going to be freaking me out because they don't go up just one nostril. Oh, no. No, no. That's not good enough. They have to tickle your brain from both sides. So... I'm going to take my allergy meds that day so that they're not pulling out a five-foot string of boogers. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm a little nervous about that. I mean, I I don't have COVID. 
logically, I know I don't have COVID. But if any of you have listened to any of my podcasts, and if any of you know me at all, you have been introduced to Spazbrain. And Spazbrain has been in full raging gear since Thursday of last week. Um, and it's it's playing through every possible negative scenario it could possibly dream up in its twisted little brain and um, playing them over in my head in 3D Technicolor. Um, And it's not just when I'm awake. I'm dreaming about these things happening. So, yeah, it's like a constant state of paranoia. Um, And it's not just about the COVID test or the flight. Uh, It's about, you know, when I arrive and it just... It's just a whole bunch of things. So I'm a little um, erratic this week. Uh, Excitable, nervous, high strung. There we go. I'm a little high strung this week. (laughs) I'm waiting to see if my live studio audience agrees. Because I pretty much, when when he called me earlier today, I was on, I do believe, coffee number four. And I gave him like a two-hour conversation in a space of about 6.8 seconds. Um, oh, five seconds, he says. Five seconds. Uh, yeah, I don't generally drink four coffees a day. I haven't done that in a very long time. Um, probably not in about two years because when I, I haven't drank, like I used to drink a pot of coffee. When I lived in Midland, it was nothing for me to go through a pot of coffee. And um, when I moved, uh, I actually had to start making it by the cup. So that really decreases the amount of coffee you drink when you have to get up and make the cup of coffee. <laughs> and I still do. I have a, a one cup Keurig, so I don't generally drink more than two cups of coffee in a day. So to have four cups of coffee, I was a little wired. Um, and I was trying to do like six things at once because I have a list of things that I I want to do that I need to do before I leave on Sunday and packing my suitcase is one of them. And I thought I was being a little, um, overzealous when I pulled the suitcase out on Sunday. Was it Sunday? Yeah, it was Sunday. I pulled it out on Sunday and then I decided, okay, I can't just go through my clothes and go, yes, I'll take this. Yes, I'll take this. Yes, I'll take this. I needed to pull everything that I wanted to take out and put it on my bed. That would have taken three suitcases and a sea trunk to get it all to California. I don't have three suitcases and a sea trunk. I have a carry-on. So (laughs) we went through said mountain of clothing and got it down to a workable size. Um, it's still too big for the suitcase. So there is that. We still have to go through it again and decide, yes, we're taking this. No, we're not taking that. Um, I'm pretty sure I can borrow socks if I run out. <laughs> I'm not getting a response, so I'm not sure. Um, Dollar Store has socks, so I'm pretty sure my feet will be covered. I hate socks. But anyway, I'm good. Socks are good. Okay, I'm good for socks. Um, but you know, you want to make sure you got enough underwear and you're a girl, so you gotta make sure you got enough bras and you wanna feel pretty, so then you gotta pack the pretty stuff. And it's like, okay, well, 
I've got the functional stuff and then I got the pretty stuff, but then I have to compromise and take half the functional and half the pretty. Well, no, I don't want to take half the pretty. So you, it's just, it's a nightmare. And then, and then because I'm staying at somebody's house, there's other people in the house. Um, I have to pack something to sleep in. Now, normally I just sleep in like a tank top and my underwear or a t-shirt and my underwear or like a short nighty and my underwear, my underwear. I don't sleep in like pants. I don't understand these people that can sleep in jammy pants. I don't, I don't get it. it. They, they ride up. Okay. Like the legs will be up around my upper thighs by morning. I'll look like I will like they'll cut off the circulation. It's not good. No, it's not. I can't. And then the blanket sticks to the fabric on my legs and it just feels really weird and I can't do, no. <laughs> so I don't sleep with anything on my legs. Long nightgowns, forget it. I get tangled up in those things like nobody's business and it's a nightmare central, literally, because my legs get all tangled up and I can't move and then I start having a nightmare and I'm thrashing around and people get hurt. Seriously, people get hurt. I'm not kidding. Ask people, they'll tell you. There have been broken bones. People get hurt. I actually had to dig out, like, I've got a couple of pairs of men's boxers that I wear is like jammy shorts. I've got um, a pair of jammy shorts. So I had to actually dig those out and go, okay, are there any holes, first of all? <laughs> because a lot of my really comfy clothes have holes in them. And some of them I didn't know have holes in them until I wore them around my four, soon-to-be four-year-old nephew. He is a hole magnet. He will find a hole in your clothing and he will stick his finger in it. And he will go, there's a hole. Um, and if you have a hole in the back of your shorts, in your butt area, and he sticks his finger in it, yeah, think shocked dog. <laughs> That's all I gotta say, think shocked dog. You'll know, yeah, you'll know the video, I mean. If you've seen the video, if you know, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's really good at finding all the holes in my clothing. So, of course, you know, it's a serious examining of the jammy shorts. Are there holes? And then it was, okay, well, what am I going to wear on the top? Because I can be chilly when I go to sleep, but my temperature rises when I'm sleeping, which is why I'm going for my COVID test at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and not 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, when my temperature might be up. But yeah, my body temperature rises when I'm sleeping. So if I'm wearing like a long sleeved shirt or something, I get too hot and kick the blankets off. Hence why I'm going to be wearing jammy shorts. Nobody needs to see my underwear. Yeah. So then it, now it's been the experiment this week of can I wear this? Will this still maintain some modesty and decorum and, you know, dignity? And the shirt that I wore, the tank top I wore to bed last night, I woke up this morning and went, nope. <laughs> That's not maintaining any dignity at all. Not even maybe. Pretty sure I might as well have done better if I had just worn nothing to bed. Um, yeah. Uh, I've lost a little weight since it actually fit me properly. So it's really, really loose. And I don't have a dryer. So when I wash it, I hang it to dry. Now, a dryer will shrink your clothes down so that they, they fit a little better when you wear them, well, I don't have anything to shrink it down. So it doesn't shrink. So, um, yeah, I'll wear it to just like hang out in. And well, I mean, <laughs> let, me, let me, let me rephrase that. Cause that was the whole problem this morning. 
<laughs> I will wear it to kind of just sit around in, <laughs> not hanging out in. I will wear it to sit around in, um, you know, be comfortable in in the evening or whatever, but I won't wear it to sleep in because apparently my body parts just do things all on their own. More than likely, I'll just wear it. Like, I've got t-shirts that I can wear. I've got, I don't know, I got stuff. I got stuff I can wear. I'm pretty sure I could steal a t-shirt. I'm pretty sure I'm going to steal a t-shirt. There's, there's no maybe about it. There will be the stealing of a t-shirt, I'm sure. <laughs> there's a couple I've had my eye on for a while. He's busy, so he's not paying attention. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so like I've been, I've been like trying to, okay, and then I want to take like, okay, so you need to understand this is a Canadian who's used to Canadian October, the end of Canadian October and Canadian November going to California. Now, California weather is kind of like end of August, beginning of September in Canada. So, but it could also be the same temperatures as the end of October. So now I need to pack clothing for two seasons. Huh? Like, w wait, what? Yeah. So I decided to, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pack. Well, I'm packing a pair of shorts, but they're more for, um, if I'm doing like working around outside or whatever, whatever. Um, they're from, they're more for mucking about than they are a nice pair of shorts to wear. Oh, wait, I could pack my black jean shorts too. Oh, you see, I keep adding things to my suitcase. I'm supposed to be eliminating things from my suitcase. I want to pack a couple of pairs of shorts. I want to pack some stretch pants. I want to pack some workout pants. I want to pack some jeans. That's pretty much my entire suitcase. I have no underwear, no bras, and no tops in that suitcase. Just pants. That's not going to work for me. So, yeah, it's, it's like a whole configuring of trying to figure out what is going to fit, how I can make it fit, what I need to not bring. And I mean, I also have my, my computer bag, which luckily enough, my computer actually fits in the front pocket of my suitcase. So I can put stuff in my computer bag too. But then on top of all that, I have my toiletries. I have my makeup. I'm pretty sure that somebody that I'm going to be there will have a hair dryer and a hair straightener or a hair curler if I need it. I mean, my hair is curly enough, but, you know, um, if I want to actually tame the curls. <laughs> but I still need to bring my, my makeup and my brushes and my sponges and all the things that make me girly. I don't need to bring it all, obviously. I need to bring replacement nails because I wear fake nails because they look really pretty and make my hands really pretty and make me feel really pretty. I want to bring some jewelry. I mean, I, I've got stuff I need to bring. I don't need to bring it, but I got stuff I want to bring. So I've been stressing about the suitcase and I keep taking it off of my sewing table every morning. I make my bed I take my suitcase off my sewing table and I put it on my bed. And then I take my computer bag because every night I throw everything back into my computer bag. I stuff everything back onto the top of my suitcase and I put it back over on my sewing table with the hopes the next day I will get it straightened out. So that's been my, my week so far and I'm recording on Tuesday. So <laughs> that's been my week so far and it's only Tuesday. You're going to hear this on Friday. Can you imagine the basket case? I am going to be by Friday. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to be a mess by Friday. 
Saturday. Um, I'm going to be just, there will be no sleeping for me Saturday night because like I said, I spoke to my friend Kim who is in Roatan right now. And I asked her like, what was it like at the airport? Was it fairly easy to get through? Uh, Did you have any problems? You know, stuff like that. And she said, plan to be there three hours before your flight. I think she did the whole, you're supposed to be there like, I think two hours before your flight or an hour and a half before your flight. And she said the last, she was running for her gate 10 minutes before her flight actually took off. So my flight leaves at 9.45. So I'm planning on being at the airport at 5.30. So that I'm going to do like the online check-in before I get there. I've already uploaded my uh, passport, the WestJet app. Um, I'm going to do the online check-in which should help save time. I'm not bringing any checked luggage, so that eliminates that as well. So I'm hoping, I don't care if I have to sit in the holding area for two hours. I don't care. I can bring a book. There's plugs to charge my equipment. I will have my laptop, my tablet, my phone. They have free Wi-Fi at the airport. I can entertain myself for two hours. Not a problem. I can work for two hours not a problem. I don't mind. As long as I am on the other side of security, I don't care. I will be good with that. So I want to make sure I'm there with enough time to do what I need to do, show them my negative COVID test, give them my passport, go through security checks because you got to take all your electronics out, put them in a little bin, take your shoes off, take your coat off, put that all on the conveyor belt, uh, put your suitcase up on the conveyor belt, and hope they don't see anything strangely and oddly shaped that they need to question inside your suitcase. I think the only thing that might cause some pause, and I'm just going to put it in my computer bag, is um, I'm bringing a package of Swiss Chalet powdered gravy mix with me. Because, obviously, those in the United States of America have absolutely no idea what Swiss Chalet is. Or what Swiss Chalet barbecue sauce tastes like. <gasps> oh, their dipping sauce is just mm, mm, mm. Oh yeah. So I'm bringing a package with me so that I can share that with my California family and um hopefully they don't send me back home too soon to get more. <laughs> Cuz, you know. Anyway, so that might be the only thing that'll make them go, "What is this?" Uh but yeah, I'm like, I'm not taking any anything I've got my little three ounce bottles. I've got all my stuffs. I'm good. The only electronics I'm taking, like I said, is my laptop, my phone and my tablet. And they'll all be easily accessible because I learned from the last time that, you know, the line moves fairly quickly. People behind you are grumpy and they need to get places. So you want to be as quick as possible to get in and get out. And unfortunately, I'm going to be wearing my boots, my suede boots. So... Um, luckily they're easy, fairly easy to get on and off, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm paranoid. I'm excited, but I'm cautious because it's me. I'm always waiting for that second shoe to drop. I'm always waiting for something to go wrong. I never, ever fully allow myself to get completely excited about something because when I do let go 
and and fall into the enjoyment of it and the excitement of it and the thrill of it, something goes wrong. The rug gets yanked out from underneath me and I end up getting hurt. So I am optimistically cautious. I am focusing on all of the things that I am paranoid and nervous about. And I will breathe a semi sigh of relief when I am on the other side of security and in the airport knowing I'm going to get on the plane. And then when I'm on the plane, I will take another nervous sigh because A, on the plane, and B, I'm on the plane. Um, Yes, there will be excitement and fear for the same reason. But I won't completely breathe a sigh of relief and, and ease into the thrill and the enjoyment of the trip until I get off the plane and I'm in the baggage claim waiting for my ride to pick me up. Then it'll be like, I'm here. I'm, I'm through all of the hoops and, and I've done all of the steps and all of the things the way I was supposed to. And I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm here. (laughs) There's no more security. There's no more COVID checks. There's, there's nothing more. I'm done. I'm here and I'm going to have a good time. So yeah, when, when I'm at that stage, then I will be excited, very excited. So yeah, I mean, I've sent my books ahead of me and they've already arrived. They're actually already in California, enjoying the weather and, you know, kicking back, having a margarita, whatever, you know, books do while they're waiting for me. So I kind of have to go because my books are there. All the, all the books that I have and even some that were mine personally are there. So I, I need to go. I need to be there. And I know I'm being paranoid. I know that I'm nobody special, that there's no reason for them to say, no, no, you can't go. I'm sorry. I know my test is going to be negative and my passport is valid and I'm a good law-abiding citizen. There's no wants or warrants out for my arrest. You know, I no, I just changed my address on my driver's license and my health card. So I'm pretty sure I know. Um, I've got all the insurances that I'm supposed to have. So I'll have my medications. There's, there's no reason for them to say, oh, we're not letting you in because vaccines aren't an issue. They, they are not factored into whether or not you can travel to the United States by plane. All that is factored into that right now is a negative COVID test. That is all you need. Well, of course, and a valid passport, but that's all you need to fly into the United States is a negative COVID test up until November and, or, and then things change. Um, and we'll see where I'm sitting then (laughs) because I don't know. I don't know what November holds for me. Um, I'm, I'm a mixed breed. (laughs) That's what they call us. We're the mixed breeds, but yeah. So, and I did, I downloaded it. I downloaded it. Wow. I really got to stop podcasting so late at night because my tongue goes to sleep long before I do. Um, I downloaded my new updated um, vaccine passport, what they're calling it, 
And it was supposed to be really simple and you download it and then you're supposed to scan the QR code with your phone and then save it to Apple Health and it never gave me that option, so I don't know. I've got it saved in my email so that I can just pull it up and show them the QR code and if they ask me, I forgot to ask him if they asked her. I should ask her actually. Just like I want to make sure I have everything. They're going to email me my negative COVID test, so I'm going to have that email ready to go. Because, or I might, and I might go to Staples and actually have it printed out too. So I actually have a paper copy because I have a paper copy of all my vaccine receipts. I have everything. I have everything. They're just I'm hoping I'm going to inundate them with more paperwork than they really need, and they're just going to look at me. Oh, would you just go? Just go. Just go. You're prepared. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm very small and unassuming. Um, I'm not I, I, I'm not a criminal. I, I honestly, if I'm an honest, if I'm honest, I may act tough. If a policeman looked at me sideways and cocked his brow at me like he was concerned, I would cry. <laughs> I would. I would cry. I panic when I drive by a police officer if I'm going a little over the speed limit. I mean, I generally drive at 120, but I happen to know that the police don't turn there. Their, ra- their radar guns are tuned for 115, so, you know, five over is not bad. They won't pull me over. But I had a bit of a panic attack tonight because a tow truck pulled up out front. My ex makes my car payments, and he's been complaining lately that things are a little rough. So when I saw the tow truck, tow truck pull up, I went, oh, he didn't make the payment. They've come to take my car. <laughs> huh. No, see, paranoid. But I've always been a very law-abiding citizen. And like I said, I may act tough. I may act like I'm wild and, and I'm not, <laughs> not really. <laughs> I, I think the, I don't think we've actually ever broken any laws. We may have bent a few. We may have negotiated the terms of a couple. I'm pretty sure we've, we've, we've done that. They're only broken if you get caught. Um, there's that theory too. But everything I've ever done, all of the fun that I've ever had, has always been well within the realms of the law. Well, except when I was um, back in my really wild days, uh, I would drink at the bar and then I honestly believed I was okay to drive. So I would drive my car down the street, which was only like a block and a half to the Tim Hortons. And we would all hang out at the Tim Hortons and drink coffee, and eat stale donuts and, and, you know, continue the party in the parking lot, we'd have like the radios going, music blaring. And um, the night I was on my convertible, on the hood of my convertible, dancing in my high heels, no less, on the hood of my classic convertible, I realized, nope, I should not have been driving. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I left my car at home from that point on. It was actually the car I had my car accident in. And I loved that car. I did. I loved it. I mean, it wasn't like an overly fancy car. It was a Dodge. It was a Dodge 600, I think. It was either a Dodge 600 or a Dodge 400. There was only so many that they made of the one type of engine because they had such a hard time converting it from one to the other that they only made a finite amount. And I had one of them. And because of the age of the car, it was, when I had it, it was 12 years old. It was deemed a classic. Anything over 10 years is deemed a classic car. So 
because I kept the car in such great condition and it had a beautiful shine. It was brown, but it was a um, metallic brown. So it had that, that glitter in the paint. And I tell you, I would get that car to a mirror shine. She was beauty. Nice, soft, cream colored leather interior that I would like, I would have the turtle wax for leather in there and just like, you know, all the little creases and don't eat my car. We went, me and a friend of mine, we went to, um, it was like a fifties and sixties dance and they did this big car show beforehand and the car club actually invited me to go because I had this really pretty convertible car. It wasn't a 1950s car, but it was a convertible and, um, they had said that they were all going to dress up in 50s and 60s attire. So, I mean, you know, any chance back then for me to wear a poodle skirt and a crinoline, I'm all over that. <laughs> so, we, only thing we didn't take into account is it's a small car. And you've got two girls in full two-layer crinoline and poodle skirt. The entire front end of the car the front seat of the car was nothing but a sea of crinoline. <laughs> I had to actually like push it down and like sit on it and kind of tuck it between my legs so that I could see enough to drive. I couldn't find gear shift on the floor. Couldn't find it. It was buried somewhere in the crinoline. So I pretty much just kind of grabbed it through all the crinoline and prayed that I was in drive. I mean, you know, the car lurched forward. I was in drive. Great. Um, but we did like this whole tour. They do this like driving tour um, all around. And then we ended up at the curling arena. It was summer. So of course there was no ice in it. We ended up at the curling arena and Doug and the DeSotos did this concert and we all danced with our little poodle skirts and Bobby socks and, you know, patent leather shoes and little tight sweaters with a little poodle on them. And I had a little S on mine cause you know, Laverne and Shirley was my favorite show. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun and I loved that car. And every sad, every Sunday we would go up to the Burger King parking lot and I would have my car there and it'd be all shined up and um, all, everybody would have their, their souped up cars and their classic cars and their souped up trucks. Like Sean was there with his truck and the engine that didn't fit in his truck. This guy put a 350 Hemi in an F-150. It didn't fit. It didn't fit. He had to cut like the top of the hood. And uh, he says he was just putting on a breather. No, dude, the engine doesn't fit in your truck. Doesn't fit. <laughs> the funny, funniest thing was, he put it in himself and we're all telling him, like, you got to make sure you've got all the bolts. All of them. I, 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 okay. He's driving back from Bomb Beach and he's coming down the back road and he hears this thunk. He looks over, at, it was Sean and Sean at the time. He looks over at Sean. Okay, let me, instead of doing Sean and Sean, because it'll just get confusing, Sean Hayes was Spider, Sean Wagger was Wagger. So Spider looks over at Wagger, Wagger's driving, and he's like, nah. Wagger's like, don't worry about it. We didn't hear nothing. They keep driving. They get to the stoplight. They're waiting. Now the stoplight is on a bit of a hill, and you actually have to hit the stoplight just right or you won't trigger the sensor. So they hadn't hit it just right. So Wagger gets, cause he's, uh, he was an impatient jerk 
He gets impatient, slams it in reverse. Well, when he slams it in reverse, he hit the gas at the same time, which bounced the engine. Unfortunately, it bounced the engine right off the bolt posts and onto the ground. Fell right out of the truck. <laughs> onto the ground. Yeah, that was fun because he'd already taken the cherry picker back. So they had to figure out how they were going to lift that big engine up off the ground and put it in the back of the truck and then have the truck towed back to Deb's house. Yep. Deb and I just sat in the front porch with our tea and watched them roll up. John Wagger was cursing up a blue streak and Spider was trying not to laugh. Of course, Debbie and I were on the porch being absolutely no help at all. What happened? I don't think the engine's supposed to be in the back of the truck. I think it's supposed to be in the front of the truck. Kind of makes it go better if it's in the front of the truck. <laughs> yeah, we were no help at all. None whatsoever. I mean, I know a little bit about vehicles. I grew up, my dad was a mechanic. He was a mechanic for 30 some odd years for Bell. And so he made sure that his kids knew the basics. How to change a spark plug. How to change a timing belt. How to fix your fan belt with a pair of nylon stockings. If you're broke down on the side of the road. How to put fluid in your car. Which I will admit... Um, I'm not always great at. I did put the wrong fluid in at one point in time and the seal on the manifold kind of swelled and broke and it was really bad. I can't remember exactly what kind of fluid I put in the transmission, but it wasn't transmission fluid. And that's when my dad told my ex that I was no longer allowed to put fluid in my car, not even antifreeze or windshield washer fluid. Nothing. <laughs> I would not allowed to put nothing in my car. Brake fluid. That's what it was. I put brake fluid in the transmission. <laughs> My live studio audience is holding his head now. <laughs> yeah. I have this really uncanny breakdown luck with cars. As my live studio audience will tell you, the one time I drove his Jeep, that's when the brakes went. Because they weren't making that noise till I got it. <laughs> When his sister and I came back from running the errand we were running, they were making that noise. And I can honestly say, like, you can ask his sister. We just got in the car, turned the car on, put it in drive, and it went, Wee! what? <laughs> She's like, don't worry about it. Just keep driving. Okay. <laughs> so I did. Um, yeah, his brakes were shot. But uh, yeah, uh, I broke his windshield too, which I will never, ever, 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 ever be able to say I'm sorry enough. I still don't understand I, I'm going to find a scientist one day and I'm going to have them explain the terminal velocity of a rubber phone case and a glass windshield because I, it should have just bounced. It should not have, have put a, a... And the, the thing is, is the hole was on the outside of the window. Like it hit and popped this piece of glass on the outside of the window and then spider cracked. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I still don't understand how that happened. Um, there was a lot of energy put into that tossing of the phone. There was a lot of angry energy put into the tossing of the phone at that point. Um, I don't know. I still, I can't explain it. I don't think he can explain it. There is no explanation. I have tried. I have thrown that otter box at a mirror. I've thrown it at a window. I have thrown it at whatever glass I could possibly find to see if I could recreate it. 
It, you think I can't? No, it bounces. It bounces. I might leave a little smudge because it's rubber. Rubber. The entire outside was completely covered in rubber. Rubber. I don't get it. But anyway, yeah. I remember going to Meatland, which is the local butcher, and their driveway kind of went from the road up on a 90-degree angle and then into the parking lot. And my um, Ford Tempo was a low rider. So when I went up, I scraped the transmission lines, tore them, went into Meatland, bought what I went there to get, came out and went, oh, there's a puddle under my car. How did that happen? And I got into my car and I drove my car home and I went, honey, there's a puddle under my car. And my ex went out and he looked and he could see this trail of transmission fluid coming down the road. And he went, well, that's not good. And I went, no, what should I do? And he says, well, I think we need to go and see your dad. Okay, so we get into my car and we drive to my parents' house on the other side of town. And we pull into the driveway and my dad comes out and he's like, what's going on with your car? Well, I think it's leaking. You think it's leaking. Well, there was a puddle under it when I came out of Meatland. And then there was another puddle when I pulled out of the driveway. And now it smells funny. It smells funny. Uh-huh. So he gets down on his hands and knees and looks under the car. And he has this expression. It was usually preceded by my mother's name. That day it was preceded by mine. And his expression always started with Jesus Christ. And then your name. <laughs> we always thought, like my brother and sister, I swear, they grew up thinking that mom's name was Jesus Christ, Nancy. Because that's what we heard. Well, that day it wasn't Nancy. It was Stephanie. And then he looked at my ex and he says, what the hell were you letting her drive her car around town like that for? There's no transmission fluid in it at all. There was none. I'm surprised I didn't blow the transmission. There was absolutely not one drop of fluid in that transmission whatsoever. And I still managed to get it to my parents' place. So my dad sends me into the house with my mother because there are just some words that the women should not hear when the men are working on the cars. So into the house I go. My mom comes out of the kitchen and looks at me and she goes, what's going on? And I said, I have no transmission fluid in my engine. Dad's really mad and he sent me into the house. They're going to fix my car. And she says, okay, close the door. So I closed the door and mom and I proceeded to watch a movie <laughs> on the other side of the house. Now, apparently, um, my dad was a little miffed at my ex for allowing me to drive my car in that condition. And he decided to uh, teach my ex a lesson. Now, my dad had been packing bearings earlier that day. Now, if you know anything about a bearing, you know there's ball bearings and then there's pin, needle bearings. And my dad was packing needle bearings and you have this really thick, slimy, oily, goopy stuff that holds all the little needles in place. So they fixed my car and they back my car out of the driveway, out of the garage. And they're standing there having a beer and they're talking. And, and he tells my ex, you know, I'm fixing some bearings. And my ex is like, oh, I don't know how to do that. That job sucks. And my dad's like, yeah, you know, so he goes back over to his bike because they were the bearings for his bike, for his motorcycle. And he was showing my ex what he was doing. So he walks over to his workbench, picks up the bearing and accidentally drops it on the floor in front of my ex. And then my dad looks at him and goes, oh, 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 the beer's kicking in. I got to go use the bathroom. Could you start picking them up for me? I'll be right back. 
Now, not only did he have to pick up all of the needle bearings, but he also had to clean them off and then repack them in the ring. My dad said he would be right back. So, of course, my ex starts the job thinking my dad will be back to help him. Um, no, my dad came in the house, had a drink of water, stretched out on the couch and had a nap. <laughs> Left him in the garage to pick up all the needles. <laughs> uh, oh, it was hilarious. We still laugh about that to this day. My dad was like that, though. He, uh, he would yell. My dad yelled. But he would also... Um, I mean, yeah, we got grounded as kids. We got spanked as kids. Um, my dad was, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. Well, with him, it was spare the belt, spoil the child. I still didn't stop my brother at the age of 16 challenging my dad. <laughs> like, all right, up they went. But um, he also had ways of teaching us where we had gone wrong by having us do things, you know, physical things like... Um, Chopping wood when you're hungover, helping your mom in the garden in the direct sunlight when you're hungover, changing the oil in your mom's car when you're hungover. My brother had to do all those things. See, I never got caught. I, I got caught once. Um, it was New Year's Eve and they were mad at me because it was my first New Year's Eve that I was allowed to go out and go to a house party. And my parents told me, you know, be home by 11. And I'm like, 11? Are you kidding me? What's the point in going to a New Year's Eve party if you're not there for the New Year's Eve? So they said, okay, fine. Home by 1230. All right, fine. I'll be home by 1230. I had to come home by cab. Now, I'm not an idiot by any stretch of the imagination. And I knew you needed to book your cab or call your cab at least three hours before you wanted the cab to actually show up to pick you up. I was also 16 at the time. My very first New Year's Eve. I knew there were a few white lies that I could get away with and they would be absolutely believable. So I didn't call my cab until 12.25. Knowing full well it was not going to be there till about 3 a.m. Cab showed up at 3.15. <laughs> I arrived home at 3.27. My mom was pissed. Pissed. And not drunk pissed. No, no, she was mad because they had been invited to a party and was expecting me to be home by 1230 so that I could babysit. My dad had already gone to bed. She was mad because she didn't get to go out and party on New Year's Eve. I did. So I was very drunk when I staggered in the door and my mom's yelling at me and I'm looking at her and I'm laughing the entire time. So she sends me to bed. She says, we'll deal with this in the morning with your father. Okie dokie. Well, that's when we found out that um, food is not a deterrent for me when I'm hungover. My dad decided he was going to teach me a lesson. So he made bacon and sausage and eggs and ham and toast and pancakes and invited me upstairs for breakfast, thinking that the sight of food was going to have me running to the bathroom. He wasn't expecting me to sit down and eat everything on the table because I was starving. And my hangover was gone. Sat down. I had a good hearty breakfast. Hangover was gone. I'm like, all right, I'm out. I'm going to hang with my friends. My parents didn't know what to do. Their punishment didn't work. And they had nothing as a plan B. So off I went. I had an interesting childhood. I had a very interesting childhood. Um, again, 16. And I'm grounded because um, I was a little bit of a mouthy child. Yeah, I was a problem child. <laughs> I, I I mean, I didn't drink, well, except for that once. 
Um, I was too afraid to go to the house parties and, and drink because my dad was a fireman. He knew all the cops in town. They'd catch me. They'd bring me home. I would get the belt and I'd be grounded for life. So, I mean, I figured on a New Year's Eve, I could get away with it. It was New Year's Eve. And I did. Was that besides the point? Um, I was 16 and I was grounded. And my brother and my sister and I, we all grew up knowing if you heard Michael Bolton come on in the afternoon, you made yourself scarce once it got dark. And you kind of tended to avoid mom and dad because they would just be really mushy and lovey-dovey and just ew. Um, and when you're a kid, it's like, ew. And we would tell them, get a room. And my dad would look at us and go, I have. It's an entire house full of rooms. You don't pay rent. You get a room. But we can't argue with him. So I remember I was, I was in my room and I was grounded and I was grumpy. So I was playing the most obnoxious music that I could find that I could tolerate. And I think at that point it was, um, what was I listening? Duran Duran, possibly. No, it was uh, New Order. And I had this one song that I knew annoyed my mother to no end. I think it was Blue Monday. And I had that thing on repeat <laughs> as loud as I possibly could. And my girlfriend, Lisa, called and she's like, having a house party. Are you coming? I'm like, no, I'm grounded. Remember from the last one? And she's like, can you sneak out? Well, I mean, I could have. My room was on the ground floor. It was very easy to get in and out of my bedroom window. And I'm like, well, it's... Three o'clock in the afternoon, broad daylight. Probably not. They're, they're going to know. By dinner, they're going to know. And uh, she's like, okay, well, we're having a house party. If you can sneak out, great. Come down. There was a guy down there that I kind of liked, and he was hoping that I was going to come. So I'm like, Ugh. hung up the phone, and my mom coming downstairs to do laundry. She's like, who was that? That was Lisa. Well, what did she want? Because my mom didn't like Lisa, because Lisa was kind of outspoken. Well, nothing, just her and Christine are having a sleepover, and you know, they invited me to come over. Well, you're grounded. I'm aware. So I go back into my room, and she goes upstairs, and 15 minutes later, the dulcet sounds of Michael Bolton start playing through the house. Now, we had a pretty kick-ass stereo. I mean, it was one of those big ones, and I'm like, oh, no. My brother and sister were already out. They were at their friend's sleep. I think my sister was at a birthday party sleepover. And my brother with his buddies sleepover. And I'm like, oh, no. I mean, come on. Really? No. No, this is not fair. When we moved to Midland, my room got as far away from my parents' squeaky bed as possible. No. So I start making a whole lot of noise, making sure I am disturbing them at every turn I could possibly. I'm slamming my door, slamming the bathroom door, upstairs, rustling around in the fridge, interrupting them at every possible turn. My mom and dad tolerated this for about 45 minutes. And then my mom comes down to my bedroom and I'm sitting on my bed. And I knew. Sorry, I was distracted for a moment. Um, I knew. She came down and she says, uh, so Lisa's having a sleepover. Uh-huh. Are her parents going to be there? Oh, I'm sure they will be. All right, you can go. You call when you get there. I want to know if Lisa's mom's there or not. All right. I already had my shoes on. I was out the door before she could change her mind. Gone. Get down to Lisa's. Call her. Now, I sound exactly like my mother. To this day, I still sound exactly like my mother. Except her voice is a little higher pitched now and a little more wobbly. Uh, kind of sounds like my live studio audience at the moment. Um, 
we've got he got a little laryngitis thing going on right now, so he's like Mickey Mouse. Um, but uh, when I was a teenager, my mom and I sounded exactly alike. Well, so did Lisa and her mom. So I get down there. I'm like, Lisa, you got to call my mom. Pretend you're your mom and you're there. Her parents were out of town for the weekend. So Lisa calls up my mom. Nancy, how are you? How's it going? Haven't seen you since the last Lionettes meeting. Chit-chatting with my mom. And I'm like, Lisa, stop it. Just, just tell her you're home and get off the phone. She's going to figure it out. My mom didn't care. So... That was my, the night of my first tequila shot. It was also the night of Christine and Lisa's first tequila shots. And we learned the hard way. Don't ever do tequila shots facing your friends if it's your first tequila shot. We got the lemon. We forgot. Well, first of all, we forgot the lemon and the lime the first shot and ended up throwing it up on each other. Cleaned ourselves up. Went back. Okay. Remember, lick, salt, tequila, lime. Remember that order. Still didn't work. I don't do raw, raw tequila. I don't do raw tequila. Not if I want it to stay down. No, no. It's got to be mixed in like a lime ice and, you know, stuff. I don't want to taste it. Anyway, so I am rapidly working myself close to three sheets to the wind and the phone rings. Lisa answers the phone and it's my mother. I'm like, oh no, she's come to her senses. I have to go home now. I answer the phone and my mother asks me in a very sheepish voice, how to prevent rug burn on her knees and her elbows. Do what now? You want to know what? And she's like, your dad and I are spending time together and the rug is a little rough in the dining room. What? How do you prevent rug burn? I'm like, mom, I am 16 years old. And at this point in time, I was still pure-ish. I, I was still a virgin at that point in time. Yes, I was still a virgin at 16. So, but I mean, I knew how to prevent rug burn. That's a no-brainer. Throw a blanket down. So I told her, put a blanket down. She's like, oh, thanks, bye. I'm like, oh my God, I was mortified, mortified. 16 and my mom's asking me how to prevent rug burn. I'm like, what kind of daughter do you think you actually have that I would know at 16 years of age how to prevent rug burn? I mean, I knew, but I mean, still, how, what, what kind of daughter do you think you had? I was still pure as a driven snow-ish. <laughs> I was 16, okay. I had a boyfriend. There was a lot of heavy petting. You know, but yeah, that was um, a rather traumatizing moment in my upbringing. I still haven't actually billed her for the therapy for that one. Uh, but yeah, interesting childhood. That's all I got to say. Interesting childhood. <laughs> Never fails to make my live studio audience and everybody else that's listening laugh. Because there are a few people out there that listen that actually know my mother. <laughs> and... um as she got older, she kind of, my dad used to call her the ice princess. And then as she got older, she got elevated to ice queen. And he claims that, you know, he only ever got any action twice a year. Well, we know we actually got it twice because I have a brother and I have a sister. But he says he only ever got it twice a year. And that was Christmas and his birthday. And the poor bastard's birthday was in January. So, you know, December and January. And then he was done for the year. I would tell you. Sorry, dad. But uh, yeah, she kind of got a little, you know, uptight and prudish over the years. And my aunt, on the other hand, her older sister, holy moly, that woman, I'm telling you, she scares me sometimes. Um, I don't know if any, if any of you have watched 
uh, Bridgerton. If you are a female listener, I suggest you watch Bridgerton. If you are a husband with a female, make her watch Bridgerton. You can thank me later. I take gifts. You'll be appreciative. Trust me. Trust me. But to hear all of this from your 70-something-year-old aunt, and to know that she has watched it repeatedly, not just once. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. My uncle went on a golf trip for the weekend, and she binge-watched it the entire weekend from bed. I don't need to know these things about the female members of my family. Certainly not the ones that I hold in like a motherly kind of aspect because my aunt, it has always been like a mother figure to me, more so than my own mother. But yeah, my aunt has always been like this mother figure to me. And I am more like my aunt than I am like my mom. Yeah, I just, you know, (laughs) Um, she actually said something to me the other day. Um, There was a bit of a family drama. She was involved in it and she left our our clan chat and uh, has now decided that she will converse with all of us privately through our private messengers. And she sent me a message and uh, she says, you know, I hope that you're not angry by my decision to leave and that, you know, you'll still talk to me. And I'm like, you're my favorite aunt. Yeah, I'm going to still talk to you. I love you to pieces. And she's like, oh, I love you too. And, you know, we did like the whole mushy thing back and forth for a minute. And I told her like, you know, you've always been my rock. You've gotten me through some really hard stuff. And you were the first person who stood by me when I left my ex. You were the first person to say, you know, I'm proud of you. And I I support your decision. And, you know, you're doing what's right for you. And I said, you know, you've always been my rock. And she says, as long as I'm not your anchor. And I said, oh, no, no, you're not my anchor. You actually helped me find my wings and and you kind of pushed me to use them. And she says, yes, and I'm living vicariously through you. (laughs) Oh, great. So now I have to make sure I have some really good stories for her because she's living vicariously. I have a few people that are living vicariously through me now. And it's funny because some of the people that are now living vicariously through me, I lived vicariously through for years for years because they had this life that I wanted that, well, that I thought I wanted. They had freedom and I felt trapped. I mean, if I'm honest, I felt trapped for a better part of my marriage. So I would live vicariously. They used to call me Mistress Vicarious because I lived vicariously through all of my single friends and and all of my friends that were starting new relationships and that were in these really fantastic relationships where they really connected with their partner and they they and not just on like a physical level or like um a romantic level but on an intellectual level it was something that I always longed for and yeah they're all kind of living vicariously through me now it's kind of weird. <laughs> so I have to make sure that um, I make the best of the vicariousness, uh, take lots of pictures and have some really good stories to tell because, um, yeah, it's my life and I want to enjoy it. And I'm kind of enjoying it. But yeah, I uh, she's actually living vicariously through me now, um, which is weird because my aunt has had such an incredible life. And I mean, she has the money to do whatever she wants, whenever she wants, with whoever she wants. Um, Her and my uncle, for the longest time, would take separate vacations. 
because he never wanted to do what she wanted to do. She never wanted to do what he wanted to do. So they would take separate vacations. She would go off with her best friend, Brenda. He would go off wherever with the guys. And then they would come back to the, to the same house. They kind of lived separate lives for a while. And then they just both got old. But um, yeah, so she's living vicariously through me. Okay. They never had any kids. So me and my brother and my sister were always kind of like, they're surrogate kids. I lived with my aunt for a while when I was having some problems. So, yeah, you know, we're their surrogate kids. So she's finally getting to see her all of her surrogate kids happy, except me and my brother. But, you know, choices you make. Anyway, holy crap, I have been rambling on for like an hour already. <laughs> I haven't even gotten into any of what I wanted to get into I, I wanted to kind of touch on last week's podcast and, you know, the seriousness of last week's podcast. And oh, my nose is so itchy. And my grandmother used to always say that if your nose was itchy, you're going to kiss a fool. So <laughs> I'll let you know how that goes. Anyway, I, I didn't get into anything yet that I wanted to get into, but uh, maybe there's a reason for that. Um, I know last week's podcast, I was very serious and I was very, um, restrained anger because I was very, very, very angry and I am still very, very, very angry, but now I am justified in that anger. Um, I have, uh, vindication in that anger. I have proof for that anger. So my nose is like just driving me insane. Ah. Okay. Mm. At least it's not onions. <laughs> My live studio audience understands the reference. I was cooking last night and I had some rather poignant onions that I was chopping and I couldn't get within like five feet. I had to social distance from my onions. Okay. I couldn't get near them. They made me cry. I'm trying to chop them up and get them into the pan as quickly as possible. And my eyes are like burning out of my face. I don't understand how, I mean, I know in um, a lot of, in, in movie productions and stuff like that, when the person has to cry, if they can't like cry on command, they'll like use an onion to make their eyes tear. I don't know how they do that. I'd be like, it would like serious, full on ugly cry. There would be no like pretty little movie cry with the delicate little tear rolling down. Oh no, this would be like, eh. I would look like, you know, Griselda or something. It would be bad. Um, yeah, just come at me with the syringe and just like drop the tear on my cheek, okay? <laughs> See, now you're going to have to do it because don't come at me with those onions. I'm telling you, it's bad. But, oh, my nose. Eh. Anyway, I completely got sidetracked. But yeah, no, I... Um, I'm not going to apologize for last week's podcast because I meant absolutely every word that I said and it needed to be said and I believe it was listened to and taken to heart and the right thing was done. You're not done yet, just so you know, because I know you're listening. Get it all out. Get it all out now. Anyway, so yeah. All right. Last week I did not do Florida Man or... uh fun facts. So guess what? We are going to do Florida Man this week and we are going to do some weird facts because I, I'm running out of fun facts. So now we're just going to delve into the weird and unusual because I am weird and unusual. Okay. So Florida Man. Okay. Maybe I should have like vetted these because this is not what I was originally seeing. Um, I'm, I completely must have just 
erased the top one from my memory banks and looked at the second one. Florida man arrested for pleasuring himself with an ice pack in front of first responders. I, I, okay, first of all, every, any man will tell you it shrinks when it's cold. Ice pack. Think about that for a minute. Ice pack. That's chilly, dude. That's chilly on the willy. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But he's in jail for doing, for felony drug charges. Okay, so, Florida man was seen driving his lawnmower to 7-Eleven. Hey, Mish, who does that remind you of? <laughs> we actually had a guy in Midland had his license taken away from him, and he would drive his John Deere with the little cart attached to the back. He would drive it to the beer store, and he would put his cases of beer in the little cart, and he would drive his John Deere back home. Yep. Florida man breaks into home and enters, ooh, enters young girl's room. Hmm. I'm not sure. I want to continue reading that one. That one's not really funny. <laughs> okay, we got to check this one out. Florida man wielding sword sets fire to roadway. Floods booking office after arrest. How did he flood the booking office? Hang on. Like, did he take a massive pee or something? We're loading this one up. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> his mugshot? If it came with audio, it would be... Uh... Duh. <laughs> it's legitimately what he looks like. He's got like this worried expression. He is definitely a mouth breather. Um, hello, where where's the story? There's just a picture. I guess the picture says a thousand words because there are no... Oh, wait, hold on. Let me highlight. Okay, so authorities say when they arrived to four feet high flames in Brevard... Oh, well, of course, Brevard County. Brevard County Roadway, they found a man holding a sword and drinking alcohol. Deputies say they were on active patrol when they spotted the play, the flames from Craig Avenue in Titusville. All right. Don't say how he flooded booking, but you know. Um, let's see. Well, that's a good Florida man thing. Uh, Florida man is going viral for trapping an alligator in a trash can to protect his kids. Okay. Florida man ambushes Orlando police officers with brick while live streaming it on Facebook. Oh, I'm telling you, it's got to be the water. Got to be. Okay, let's see. Florida man operates windshield wipers with hand, prompting a community fundraiser. So even the law-abiding citizens in Florida are stupid. I don't know. A Florida man was seen in a viral video using his hand to operate his windshield wipers during a rainstorm. Okay, dude, if you tied a shoelace to your wipers, one on either side and then had them come in the window, you wouldn't have to stick your hand out. Trust me. I, I know. Don't ask me how I know, but I know. Yes, there was a moment I could have been a Florida woman. Uh, oh, this now this is why I went here, okay? Florida man tried robbing a Waffle House. First of all, it's Waffle House, dude. Tried robbing a Waffle House with finger guns. Now, I need to read this one to you because it's, it's kind of funny. And wait until you find out what he stole. So, oh, again, we have to do the click and highlight because they have decided to write in white on a white background. A Florida man was put in jail Monday after he decided to improvise during an alleged robbery at a Madison Waffle House, according to deputies. The Madison County Sheriff's Office said a Waffle House employee called them to the restaurant after a man identified as 28-year-old Eward William Rodriguez of Madison tried robbing them. Sheriff David Harper, Harper said witnesses told deputies that Rodriguez entered the Waffle House with a small dog 
pointed his hands into finger guns and yelled, get on the ground, y'all are getting robbed. Well, use two fingers if you want a double barrel. <laughs> Sorry, playing with my live studio audience. <laughs> Rodriguez then said he was high and drunk before grabbing some napkins and leaving the store. Deputies found the would-be armed robber at his home where he admitted to robbing the restaurant of its napkins, according to the sheriff's office. He now faces charges for unarmed robbery and assault. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I tell you. Florida man, you just make my podcast interesting. Okay, I'm going to vet this before I actually read it out loud because I need to know. Oh, no, we're not reading that one. Mm-mm. That man needs to be fed to the alligators. <laughs> okay, I know this isn't funny. I really shouldn't have laughed. Let me just find out. Okay, so this dude um, served 27 years of a 40-year sentence for brutally beating and strangling a woman. In 1993, a year after he was released, he killed another woman. Don't think he should have gotten out of jail. Considering the first woman was only 17, he should have just stayed there. The headline is what made me laugh. Some of these are not funny. Ooh, dude, that was dangerous. Florida man arrested after fleeing Maryland police while driving wrong direction on the I-95. I've been on the I-95. You don't want to be driving the wrong direction. Like It's like playing Frogger on there. Just changing lanes is taking your life into your own hands. Yeah, these ones aren't funny. Okay, so we're going to leave Florida Man now because Florida Man's just not doing anything entertaining. And we're going to go over to weird facts. Did you know that humans have been performing dentistry since 7000 BC, which makes dentists one of the oldest professions? And y'all thought that being a hooker was the oldest profession. No, 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 no. Somebody's been yanking stuff out of your mouth since 7000 BC instead of putting something in. Joke had to be made. Had to be made. <laughs> this mild look of shock on my live studio audience face that I actually said that. The first ever documented feature film was made in Australia in what year, live studio audience? The first ever documented feature film was made in Australia in, no Googling, 1906. Ah, live studio audiences. Hearing has died. He needs to switch. Um, Ancient Roman surgeons were trained to block out the screams of human pain. Oh, awesome. From 1953 to 1957, NBC's Today Show had a chimpanzee co-host named J. Fred Muggs. It is estimated he brought in the network around $100 million. Apples, peaches, and raspberries are all members of the Rose family. I did not know that. There is a geocache on the International Space Station, placed in 2008. It has since been visited four times by other astronauts. Now that is cool. Hey now, have y'all not been to Georgia? Do you not know how much they eat of this stuff down there? Come on. Canadian, Canada. Canada, yeah, Canada. Canada (laughs) eats more macaroni and cheese than any other nation in the world. We eat more mac and cheese than any other. Well, it's because we have KD or, you know, craft dinner for you non-Canadians. 
Scotland wanted to replicate the Parthenon bigger and cheaper in 1826. It was never completed and is now nicknamed Scotland's Disgrace. A French general gave John Quincy Adams a pet alligator. Adams kept it in one of the White House bathtubs and enjoyed showing it off. (laughs) Uh, Did you know that snakes can help predict earthquakes? They can sense a coming earthquake from 75 miles away, up to five days before it happens. I removed California. I'm getting me a snake. It's going to live outside, as far away from me as possible, but I will have one, and I will have a webcam on it. And if it starts getting twitchy, I'm out of there. I'm telling you, I'm out. I'm out. I don't know. I honestly don't know how I would react if I experienced an earthquake. I really don't. I, I think, I, yeah, pretty much just like that. I would probably um, fall to the ground. I would be on the ground, hanging on to said ground, hoping that said ground was not going to open up underneath me. <laughs> yes, I would be praying to whatever I could possibly pray to. Anybody up there listening, can you hear me now? <laughs> Um, I'd probably like make up a religion. I don't know. Something. I'd make up a whole bunch of new swear words. That's for sure. That would be a given. The hand and footprints in front of Los Angeles's Chinese theater tradition started accidentally when silent film actress Norma Talmadge stepped on wet cement. I actually knew that. I did. I did. That's on my bucket list to go see those one day. But that would require me having to go into Los Angeles. And those of you who know me know that I don't even like going into Toronto. So, yeah. An animal's yawn, an animal's yawn based on how large their brain is. The bigger the brain, the longer they will yawn. Wow. My live studio audience has a fairly large brain. (laughs) I've seen them yawn for a very long time sometimes. In Switzerland, it is illegal to own just one guinea pig. I knew that too. I think I've told you this before. This is because guinea pigs are social animals. And they are considered victims of abuse if they are alone. Aww. What about humans? There are more Lego minifigures than there are people on Earth. I've probably stepped on about half of them. Yes, my sons loved Lego. Dinosaurs would swallow large rocks, which stayed in their stomach to help churn and digest food. I just had this whole vision of a T-Rex up there doing the twist, kind of mixing up his dinner. (laughs) Like a salad. You know, you put the dressing on and you shake it. You know, little T-Rex up there with his little stubby little arms just trying to do the twist. It's late. What do you want from me? (laughs) Surgeons who play video games at least three hours a week perform 27% faster and make 37% fewer errors. You need to go to work and find out which one of them surgeons play video games. Those are the good ones. That was for my live studio audience. When cellophane was invented in 1908... It was originally intended to be used to protect tablecloths from wine spills. Oh, yes, we knew this one, too. The mayor of a historical district in Alaska is a cat named Stubbs. Let's see. Let's find some good ones. Oh, my gosh. You've got to be Okay, you know what? I actually want one. I can't. I, I want one. You can now get a headstone with a QR code called Living Headstones. They show pages with photos, video biographies, and comments from loved ones. <laughs> You know what? That makes perfect sense. So the NYPD had a police officer follow Andre the Giant whenever he went out drinking. This was to make sure he didn't get drunk and fall on anyone. (laughs) Oh, that would have been bad. 
Did you know a strawberry is not actually a berry, but a banana is a banana is a berry. Hershey's chocolate syrup. There he goes, showing off that big old brain ears. Hershey's chocolate syrup, Ritz crackers, crackers, dum-dums, and Oreos are all vegan. Yup, Oreos are vegan. They're not keto, but they're vegan. So depending on what you want to be that day, <laughs> Oreos could be on the menu. <laughs> I see him contemplating that, that, that concept. Or do you want to be keto or vegan? <laughs> that means giving up meat, steak, not happening. I could be a vegan as long as I didn't have to give up steak. The sound of a Star Wars lightsaber was created by pairing together the sound of an indie film projector and the buzz from an old TV set. Your tonsils can grow back if there was tissue left behind during the removal process. Kind of like your kidney. Is it your kidney that grows back? Ah, is it your kidneys that grow back or your liver? that? Re- it's your liver. No, one of your organs will grow, will regenerate like a salamander's tail. Think it's your kidney. Might be your liver. Let me, all right, we need to Google this because my live studio audience is telling me, no, when I know one of your organs can regenerate, which organ can, uh, which organ can regenerate itself? It is, it's the liver. (laughs) The liver has the greatest regenerative capacity of any organ in the body. Liver regeneration has been recognized for many years dating all the way back to Prometheus in ancient Greek mythology. When the liver is injured beyond its ability to regenerate itself, a liver transplant is the treatment of choice. Which is why you can donate a portion of your liver to somebody who needs a new liver and it will grow and yours will grow back. In Israel, it is illegal to bring bears to the beach. I'm not sure where that makes any sense at all. There is an uninhabited island in the Bahamas known as Pig Beach, which is populated entirely by swimming pigs. Um, I'm still waiting for them to fly. Without saliva, humans are unable to taste food. It snowed in the Sahara Desert for 30 minutes on February 18, 1979. In every scene of Fight Club, there is a Starbucks coffee cup. Okay, you know what? I need to go and watch that movie now just to see. Just to see. In Switzerland, it is illegal to flush the toilet after 10 p.m. I'm not right. William Shakespeare had a curse engraved on his tombstone to prevent anyone from removing his bones. Yep, me too. We both knew that. On Valentine's Day in South Korea, only women give gifts, not men. Oh, y'all think that's going to happen. You can keep dreaming. My birthday is two days before Valentine's Day. I ain't giving you shit. (laughs) (laughs) Nene! I don't like Valentine's Day anyway. I've never really had a good one. Cookie Monster's real name. Do you know what Cookie Monster's real name is? Did you know Cookie Monster actually had a name? You don't know Cookie Monster's real name. It's not Cookie. (laughs) His real name. (laughs) And it wasn't as many syllables as you were counting out with your little finger there either. His real name is Sid. Cookie Monster's real name is Sid. I wonder if he's a blue sloth. It's a little chilly and ice age and now he's blue. <laughs> oh, I'm killing my live studio audience. What? Okay, March 3rd is known as What if cats and dogs had opposable thumbs day? They'd be able to feed their own damn selves and take themselves out. The largest living thing on earth is a giant sequoia named General Sherman. Elvis was originally blonde. 
He started dyeing his hair black for an edgier look. Sometimes he would touch it up himself using shoe polish. Astronauts actually get taller when in space. I want to be an astronaut. <laughs> I want to be an astronaut. Okay, I need to ask my live studio audience if this is true. In California, you can get a ticket if you're driving too slow. Apparently, that is true. <laughs> my live studio audience got one. You drove too slow? Were you half asleep? You were turning. Oh, okay. My nose is driving me nuts. Snoop Dogg's real name is... <laughs> That's not his name. Cortazar Calvin Brodus Jr. His nickname came from his mother, who thought he looked like Snoopy from the Peanuts. Your mama thinks you look like a dog. A white dog with a red doghouse. You might want to get your mama's eyes tested. Originally, the Eiffel Tower was going to be erected in Barcelona, but the project was rejected because citizens thought it was an eyesore. Ah! All right. Kangaroos keep growing until they die. A snail can sleep for three years. Fear of vegetables is called being three. <laughs> or, you know, any child under the age of 16. No, it's actually lachanophobia. Lettuce is a member of the sunflower family. Females are better at distinguishing colors, while males excel at tracking fast-moving objects and discerning detail from a distance. Using a hands-free device to talk on the phone while driving is shown to be equally or more dangerous than driving drunk. How is it any different than talking to the person sitting in the seat beside you? Hmm, interesting. A group of horses will not go to sleep at the same time. At least one of them will stay awake to look out for the others. Aw. <laughs> there is an island called Just Enough Room, where there's just enough room for a tree and a house. The collective name for a group of unicorns is called a blessing. I would like to know when somebody's seen a group of unicorns to actually come up with a name for a group of a mythical creature. Mob boss, Vincent Oh, where's Brian when I need him to pronounce this? Giganti? Used to wander around New York in his bathrobe to convince the police he was insane to avoid capture. There is a town in India called Santa Claus. You're not allowed to swear if playing in Wimbledon. Because of this, line judges have had to learn curse words in every language. Just so they can catch somebody swearing. People in Russia think that eating ice cream will keep you warm. Okay, you know what? I believe it. It's Russia. It goes down to minus no way. And on a good day... It's negative nope. <laughs> it's just nope. Uh, okay, we're going we're gonna to do a couple of, of these and then we're going to wrap this up because I think we're heading up to like two hours now. Well, an hour and a half. All right, so we'll do a couple more and we'll say goodnight. Cucumber can actually cure bad breath. I knew that. And celery can do some other things. There are... <laughs> Shut up, Misha. There are more than 70 species of mushrooms that glow in the dark. Awesome. Canadian law. Here's one for you. Canadian law requires, and this is true, requires citizens to answer a math question when entering sweepstakes. If you play a scratch ticket and you win, you must answer a skill testing math question on the back. If you enter any draw of any kind, you must answer a skill testing math question. If you do not get the answer right, you do not win. Really? because <laughs> you're not smart enough to take care of the prize. Neptune was the first planet to be found through mathematical predictions rather than telescopic location. Crows can remember the faces of individual humans. This I know to be true. They can also hold a grudge. 
This I also know to be true. In America, it is a federal crime to use your roommate or friend's Netflix account. A fungus is more closely related to animals on a genetic level than they are to plants. Great. We're related. We're more closely related to a mushroom. <laughs> In Zimbabwe, it is illegal for citizens to make offensive gestures at a passing car. So if somebody cuts you off, don't flip them the bird. Don't do it. She Sells Seashells by the Seashore was written about a female paleontologist from the 1800s. She actually sold dinosaur bones and fossilized shells. It's not just a tongue twister. It's a fact. Jousting is the official sport in the state of Maryland. Another term for your nieces or nephews would be nibblings. Oh, I love that! Oh, I, oh, I have five nibblings. Five. Five. I have five nibblings. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to call them nibblings. You know. You know I'm going to. You know I'm going to. I love that word, nibblings. That is awesome. The butterflies. Ah, here we go. Somebody's all cons and butterflies. The butterflies you get in your stomach when you see someone you like is actually a stress response called adrenaline. Pure cocoa can prevent tooth decay. Okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Iceland. Uh, mind you, pure cocoa tastes kind of bad. <laughs> it needs the sugar in it to make it taste good. Um, Iceland has a dating app that stops you from hooking up with your cousin. <laughs> Apparently that's a problem in Iceland. <laughs> uh, and I actually know this to be fact. Eye of newt, toe of frog, and wool of bat are just archaic terms for mustard seed buttercup, holly leaves. Medicine women back in the day would guard their recipes very, very, very closely. And they would use terms like eye of newt for mustard seed, toe of frog for buttercup, and wing of bat or wool of bat for holly leaves. Um, other parts of the flower, the stamen, the leaf, the root, were um, other terms very similar to that as well because um, their recipes were so closely guarded and um, other healers would try and steal them. So they would dress them up like that so that not everybody could just wander around and use their recipes. People in North Korea are legally only allowed to have one of 28 haircuts. Men and women can choose from 14 different styles. Awesome. In 1907, a woman was arrested on a beach in Boston for wearing a one-piece bathing suit. Wow, really? There are more stars in space than there are grains of sand on every beach in the world. Hmm. Humans cannot walk in a straight line without a visual point. When blindfolded, we will gradually walk in a circle. That's interesting. Even though smoking has been banned on airplanes, Ashtrays are mandatory on every plane. This is for safe disposal in case someone breaks the law. <laughs> That's hilarious. In Greece, women are not legally allowed to wear high heels or tall hats in the Olympic Stadium. Selfies now cause more deaths than shark attacks. I'm still not going to tempt a shark. I will continue to take my selfies, but I will not tempt a shark. Pope Francis. Pope Francis used to be a nightclub bouncer. That's kind of cool. Alidoxophobia. I had to say that in my head. 
Allodoxophobia is the fear of opinions. And a lot of people these days seem to suffer from that. They really do. Dogs can be allergic to humans. I, I got nothing. The U.S. government gave Indiana University $1 million to study memes. Memes. Someone who has geomelophagia also has the urge to eat raw potatoes. Oh, I love raw potatoes. Put a little salt on them. They are so good. The most leaves ever found on a clover is 56. So you think you're lucky if you find four. Imagine finding a clover with 56 leaves on it. Camel's milk doesn't curdle. I don't want camel's milk. All porcupines, all porcupines float in water. Okay, three more fun facts. I'm going to try and make them good ones. Really, seals only sleep one and a half minutes at a time. The longest one-syllable word is screeched. Yep. Uh, okay. Really? Oh, we need to hook up some cows with some ear pods or something. Cows give more milk when they listen to music. <laughs> All right. Um, dim lights reduce your appetite. I don't know. Dim lights tend to incur snacking for me. <laughs> I don't know. No only child has been a U.S. president. So they've all had siblings. Huh. Interesting. Ketchup was once sold as a medicine. Um, it's impossible to sneeze with your eyes open. I've tried. The T-Rex's closest living relative is the chicken. <laughs> Little feathered T-Rex's. <laughs> oh, well, you know, then you have the cobra chicken. We have lots of cobra chickens in town right now because they're all gathering to go south for the winter. Well, my lovelies, that is it for this week. That is your last Canadian podcast for a bit. Um, at least one, possibly two. I don't know. I don't know. And it's probably going to be the last one for a bit that's going to sound like this. My next one will probably be from my phone. Could possibly be from my phone while we're driving around at 11 o'clock at night. Why not? It'd be fun. <laughs> Heaven forbid the live studio audience. Oh, well, yes. Okay. Um, anyway, I will try and see if I can get the live studio audience to actually participate like a live studio audience is supposed to, you know, laughing at my jokes, applauding. I need to hold a little sign for him or something. <laughs> I just, I do that now. <laughs> anyway. Okay, everybody. I am out of here. Um, literally out of here on Sunday. So I hope you all have a good week and keep an eye on my TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram for updates as to how the rest of my week is going to unfold. We still have the whole matter of packing my suitcase to deal with. Um, all right. I will catch you all next week stateside and have a good one, everybody. See ya. There'll be peace when you are done Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry, Don't you cry.